1: Fifteen minutes of flame, the hottest podcast on the internet. In excess, original sin.
0: Kind of in a little bit of an in excess pocket last couple days, right? Um, I guess for about five or six years, man, those guys were just on fire, and I think that's when they were introduced to uh, Nile Rodgers, and you can hear that. Nile Rogers funk riff uh, in that song. And, of course, uh, classic, like, dance remixes, extended mixes out of that. We got Jasper on the show.
1: He's just not here. Uh, but we have his understudy today, who's right next to me. Should I should I bring her on? Are you going to stay there if I bring you up? So uh, here's uh, here's Peachy. A little peachy, peachy. Anything you want to say? You want to? Huh? Oh well, yeah, you are. Yeah. You're learning how to be a good understudy, aren't you? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Get back to your little spot there. Yeah. Anyway, how was everybody this morning? Sorry for the. I hate saying sorry. I'm late. Uh, but. Yeah, I, I had a I had an international
0: client last night, so the time zone thing can be a little tricky. And um, I was uh, expending lots of energy, uh, sort of deep deeper into the night. Right, Peach? You were right there with me.
1: You were right there with me. Oh, here she comes. The tail's like an antenna. Yeah what are you going to do now this is not this is not a table though you you cannot get up on this oh you want you want more pets well if you want more pets you have to come back into the scene right show the world your your cute little cat face isn't she cute she's so cute um she follows me around everywhere everywhere and
0: when i'm upstairs Cause I have a, the offices upstairs when I'm upstairs, she's hanging out there. And as soon as I walk out of the office and start walking down, she's like sprinting down the stairs and she's sprinting to her food bowl because she thinks that I'm just going to get just sucked up in her wave of momentum and go right over to that food bowl and feed her, right? She's doing everything in her power to train me uh as as much as she can by the way jasper is fine he's fine he's just he's ha- having an off day today taking a day off but uh there he is how is everybody
1: another uh, another scorching hot day in wonderland here in the uh south central part of texas i'd like to think that it's maybe the the edge of the southwestern part of the united states kind of is
0: the, this area is kind of an inner zone between the southwest and, and and central um there's a town called brady which is not far from here and it is the exact uh, center of texas so we're just if you were looking at brady from the uh from the south we would be left of center but if you're looking at Brady from the north or to the north, uh, we would be right of center. But clearly, we're slightly east. I think Brady is where they have one of the country music
1: Hall of Fame or cowboy music Hall of Fame. You know, some little, some little uh, cult of relics pit stop along the way. So, anyway, welcome to the show. We're
0: gonna we're gonna do our best to talk about bricks today I'm not gonna have an incredibly long show because I've got some uh stuff to uh, deal with with my mother so she can get some of her uh medical needs met here today got a busy day on that front so we'll uh we'll probably go for maybe about you know an hour I think an hour is a good time but we're going to talk about bricks and there's there's a lot happening uh, in Africa right now. So, and a lot of it has to do with ultimately with BRICS, the BRICS summit, which is coming up. And basically, what they're going to do is they're going to announce that they will have a new gold backed currency. And it is um, it's going to be in South Africa now. the The Indian Prime Minister Modi is not going to be there. That's kind of interesting.
1: You know what? I've always felt like India is sort of the wild card, and everybody has
0: been looking at China, 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 China. China. Right. I think China. As much as they are uh, and have become a global economic powerhouse, China has real issues, serious issues. You, 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 they've got people doing everything in their power to leave China. They're not happy. They're not happy with um, the political situation there. They they're
1: there are a lot of people who aren't working in China. That's another you would think everybody's working in China. That's not true. and it's also extremely oppressive it's an oppressive regime and there are people that
0: just don't dig it you know you don't hear a lot about it on the evening news now do you because they want to portray china as being this you know perfect model that the rest of the world should aspire towards there's a lot of deep unhappiness china also i you know i never know what to think of the three gorges damn situations like okay here we go it's going to happen beijing's going to be underwater and then a few months later it's still there right this happens from time to time and it happens during monsoon season when there's a, a huge amount of of excess water right so we'll see what happens there but china china has issues we know we've talked about those issues pretty pretty uh pretty frequently on the show um they They are a lot of people would like to think that they're poised
1: to sort of take over um Maybe. I think India is the wild card. Uh India,
0: just like China, has been sequestering gold. They've been buying a ton of gold. China's been buying a ton of gold. This is all part of the BRIC strategy the reason why South Africa is in South Africa doesn't produce shit. Okay. Their, their GDP is not great as a country. They're incredibly dysfunctional. Um, they're still they They still have apartheid. They just flipped it. So the new apartheid is black on white versus white on black. And, um, It's, it's not a great place. And there are a lot of people that live there and people that listen to the show that live there and, and, uh, they were born there and they, and they love it there because it's their, their country. I, I get it. I completely understand it. Um, and at the same time, how long has it been since they got rid of apartheid and, and Nelson Mandela led them into, you know, the, the, the next great century, right. Or their, 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 uh, their political awakening, their liberation. And how's that going? Not good. But the reason why they're part of BRICS is because of the gold, right? They have, they still have, to this day, huge stores of gold in South Africa. So that's why they're in BRICS. And this is where uh, the BRICS summit is going to happen.
1: So let's, um, let's just look at this here. I'm going to bring this up. This is from Bloomberg. India, Brazil. Oh, God. What happens here? Do I have to go? I got to get behind the paywall. Hold on. Let me go back. My apologies. It was one of a number of articles here that I had earmarked uh for Bricks. let me go back oh this is interesting so they're not all on the same page they are not all on the same page let's look at the brick summit this is not the first one this is the 14th brick summit that they're um that they're holding let me get this uh this page up here come on come on here we go so this will give you a, a look at their their website for bricks this is bricks' website right Here's their president Xi Jinping chairs and delivers important remarks at high-level dialogue on global event. Xi Jinping, Xi Jinping, you have to think that maybe China is behind bricks. This is the Chinese version of it. Here, let's go into Wikipedia. This is the 15th BRICS Summit. Just to give you some background.
0: 2023 Summit is the 15th upcoming annual BRICS Summit and in International Relations Conference, attended by the heads of state of, or heads of government of the member states, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. South African President Cyril Ramposa also invited leaders of 70 countries to the summit, including 53 other African countries, Bangladesh and Bolivia.
1: Does Africa have fucking 53 countries? Really? Interesting. So this is uh, Modi. He is not going to be there. No Modi. Um, Lavrov apparently will be there. Putin
0: will not be there. He will be attending via video conference. Mm -hmm. There's Cyril Ramposa, Xi Jinping,
1: and then uh, Lula, Luis Inacio Lula de Silva, In March 2023, the International Criminal Court issued an arrest warrant
0: against Russian President Vladimir Putin for war crimes during the Russian invasion of Ukraine. South Africa is required as an ICC signatory to honor the warrant. Well, that's why he's going to only be
1: there under video conference, right? Why don't they put out an arrest warrant for Lavrov? They won't not that I'm encouraging it but that's just a
0: rhetorical question in May 2023 uh, the South Africa government led by the African National Congress granted all invited leaders diplomatic immunity it was unclear whether this would prevent Putin from being arrested if he attended according to they don't nobody will arrest Putin Putin is in on the game okay he's in on he's in on the scam. Sorry. He's, he's in on the scam. Why is he in on the scam? Well, he's in on the scam because he followed COVID lockstep. Like there were serious, like if you ran around without a mask and shit on in Russia, there were serious repercussions. And of course you had to get vaccinated and it was their vaccine. I guess they controlled the, what people were going to put in their bodies or was it the Sinovax but, but I, you know this idea that Putin is the, is the great liberator you know I'm not I'm not buying it I haven't bought it for a long time he, he might be the, the most um, deep cover version of controlled opposition
1: and honestly if they wanted to they could flatten absolutely flatten Ukraine <laughs> just totally flat in Ukraine, but you know, they're, they're
0: taking their time. And guess what they're doing? And look, if you go back and look at the cold war, the United States and the former Soviet union were all, they were in on it. They were in on it. Right. I, I talked about this yesterday with the Vietnam war and even the Korean war and how we would be selling parts to the Russians parts that they would then sell to China and that they would be assembled into pieces for the war machine when it came to... If we really wanted to defeat communism, we wouldn't have sold them wheat. Plain and simple. We'll fucking starve you out. Change your model. Change your model. Let those countries go back to who they were and what they were, and we'll start selling you wheat again. They never did that. And if you go back far enough... You know, the, the hands of the international bankers, based mostly out of New York, London, Frankfurt, but in this case, New York, which is where the Russian Revolution was planned, that's where Leon Trotsky was living. They were behind it. So the West has had its fingers in Russia since the Bolshevik Revolution. And do you think that they're not involved in BRICS in some ways? Do you think that BRICS is um, an antidote
1: to the Rothschild overlord system of fiat banking?
0: I would say that the Rothschilds are probably right in the center of it,
1: right? I mean, clearly we're coming to an end, right? We're coming to an end of. the ability for fiat currency to have any sustainable value.
0: I mean, the, the debt is, is just astronomical. Let me continue this. We'll
1: get back into the to the, the brick stuff. Um, by early June 2023, moving the
0: summit to China was being considered to avoid the issue. In mid-July 2023, Vladimir Putin announced he would not attend the summit by mutual agreement and would insta- instead be sending Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov.
1: You know, I don't know why Lavrov wouldn't be fair game to be arrested. Am I right? I mean, wasn't he the guy that supposedly uh, poisoned the guy in, in Russia? Was name the guy or whatever his name is? Anyway. Um, so Modi is not attending. And then apparently,
0: uh, the guy from Brazil, Brazil is also kind of dragging its heels
1: on certain things. So let me go back here. Let me find this article. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't know if it really matters
0: if Modi will be there or not. He'll be there on video. Maybe they'll
1: uh, they'll bring in a hologram of him. Uh, Where's the Brazil part? What's what's interesting is that Brazil and um, Lula are communists. I mean, you can make a case that China is still communist. South Africa,
0: I I don't know. I think you can still own property in South Africa. But about as close to communism as you can get. I mean, if you look at these revolutions that all occurred during the 1970s, particularly in Africa, the Chinese and the Russians were behind them. And they're behind these revolutions. Again, we're going to talk about Niger and how some of these uh, countries in um, West Africa um, are starting to like have huge political upheaval. And there are some people who believe that Africa is going to be the next next spot for continual war. Like they've got to keep moving the war target all over the planet. So if and when Ukraine is settled, either through some form of faux diplomatic um, resolution or the fact that
1: they could never have zelensky surrender like that's just not going to work it will not work
0: if anything the chinese will come in and broker some kind of a some kind of a peace deal and everybody saves face right but brazil now is kind of dragging its heels i mean you have to like if i was
1: a part of brics not everything is equal not everything that every country is bringing to the table is equal.
0: Brazil has enormous natural resources. From the mines in the South to the untapped resources of the Amazon, like Brazil is potentially a a sleeping giant. It has been for a long time. India,
1: on the other hand, like what their resources are for all intents and purposes, they're people. They're very smart, like very smart. And they have a connection to ancient technologies. You know, there was a major golden age
0: in India. And don't think that just because, it, you know, they went through a reset, just like everybody else went through a reset that their connection, to um, the ancient knowledge, whether it's spiritual knowledge, you know, th- through things like yoga and the Vedas and all that stuff. And even the technology, you, you, you know, you had you had the uh, the vimanas, right, which are basically, you know, their version of flying craft, right. They had, I mean, it's all
1: embedded. It's all embedded in there, so they have they they have access to that. And that's what they bring to the table, but they don't have the same resources that Brazil has. Russia has massive resources, huge
0: gold, uh, not gold, petroleum, um, gas. And what they can't get in Russia, clearly,
1: they'll go into uh, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, any of the stands. Those are fair game. Um, South Africa, we've already noted they have the gold.
0: But India and China have been stockpiling gold. And what they want to do is they want to create a new global gold-backed currency. And this is what they want to announce at the summit.
1: But apparently Brazil is uh, not, not fully on board. Brazil has resisted gathering momentum in the BRICS group of major emerging economies to add more member countries, but debate over admission criteria seems inevitable at this month's
0: summit, three Brazilian government officials told Reuters. So it's going to happen. But what they're doing is they're trying to, you know, I don't know how they slice this pie and what kind of terms there are and what the benefits are. But clearly, Brazil is holding out for better terms. Uh, The group, including Russia, India, China, and South Africa, has been hailed by some as a counterweight to traditional diplomatic Forums like the G7 BRICS makes decisions by consensus. So Brazil's assent will be key to any expansion. If you don't know what consensus is, consensus is, is that everybody has to agree. It's not just, well, we got five countries and four of them want to do this one thing and Brazil, you're screwed. No, they all have to be on the same page. And. Um, they use consensus in the thing. Like the first time I ran across consensus was, was when I was at Finthorn. Like they would, they, the community would not make a decision until everybody was in agreement. And sometimes some of those sessions to um, make a decision were very long and arduous. Like they would, they would go through these, these, and even our own little group which was kind of a pocket of Findhorn. Every decision that we made was consensus
1: based because we were we were playing with that as a model. And I remember there was this one time when um, our little group uh, we were in
0: Massachusetts at this at this community called Sirius S I R I U S. It was a it was a Findhorn seed community. And somebody wanted to join our group, right? Like somebody, we had an outsider. we were all traveling together through the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee.
1: And this guy wanted to join our group. And, I mean, it was really interesting watching that process go down. Um,
0: We had a couple from California whom I actually really liked. And they they were just absolutely vociferous over the fact that they didn't want this guy joining our group. That they wanted to they wanted to join the group. My apologies. You know they were they were just adamant. Like you know, well, if we're going to do this. We're going to practice the Aquarian Age, and we're going to uh, be a model for
1: this experience. We we have to bring this person in. And. Quite honestly, um, based on the fact that this was a college program, it's kind of a master's degree
0: kind of program, this guy wasn't allowed to join our group. None of us had that kind of insight. Nobody said, hey, maybe we should figure out whether or not, you know, this is legal. When I say legal, I mean, from an insurance standpoint. You know, again, what happens if this guy joins our little group and we go out for an outing and he hurts himself? Oh, he's part of our group. So now the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee is responsible for um, his injury. I mean, I mean, I know it's petty bullshit Western stuff, but that stuff matters. So we had this couple from California, nice people, but
1: I I would say in some ways they were an early model for inclusivity. And we got to this point and and honestly, like for me, I felt, I felt pressured,
0: right? I felt pressured to have this guy be a part of our group. And when you have a consensus situation and you have holdouts in the consensus situation, it is incredibly uncomfortable. Those holdouts become struggle sessions. Well, why don't you want this person to be part of the group? And the two people that didn't want them to be a part of the
1: group were, were, I would say more introverted and were not willing to, to, uh, kind of make their case in a dramatic fashion.
0: And so the, the gears on this thing got stalled because we had two people that were not in consensus. And it was during that process that ultimately word got back to the person who was running the program and said, no, this person can't join the group. I mean, literally they did not sign up for it, right? They didn't didn't pay for the experience, which is what all of us did. We all paid for the experience. We paid to be in these places. We paid in advance for the meals. We paid in advance for the lodging. We paid in advance for the travel so he couldn't join the group but i watched the consensus in action and it was it was painful it was like a struggle session so this is what they're doing like brazil is holding out and in a consensus situation
1: um you can get you can get a lot if you're holding out for uh, very specific
0: and self-interested reasons so let's go let's go back into this the group including russia india china and south africa has been hailed by some as a counterweight to traditional diplomatic forums like the G7 BRICS, makes decisions by consensus. So Brazil's ascent will be key to any expansion. China, looking to increase its political clout at a time of trade tensions with the United States, has long pushed to expand BRICS membership. Russia, isolated diplomatically over its war in Ukraine, is also embracing the chance to court allies. So they want to bring more countries into their alliance. South Africa, which chairs the group this year, held a Friends of BRICS meeting in June with several countries eager to join. Even India, long wary of rapid expansion, may have come around to the idea in principle, sources said. However, Brasilia is concerned the group will lose stature if other nations are let in. Some 30 countries have said they're interested, and 22 of them have formally applied, as Algeria did last month another uh, former friend of France, as expansion could transform the bloc into something else, said a Brazilian official who asked not to be named. Brazil's position has been concerned with the cohesion of the group and preservation of our space in the group of important countries. So think about this. Um, Let's say, for instance, you have a country like, um, oh, I don't know, Burkina Faso, where is Burkina Faso, which does have some resources, by the way, but nothing like Bricks, not Brazil, rather, you know, like nothing like Brazil. So how do they slice this pie?
1: It's kind of like Brazil's like, come on. And we're this massive country. We're probably bringing more to the table than India is.
0: Um, if you know, if you take away the gold from South Africa, you're probably bring more to the table in South Africa. And and now, how is how and and how are they going to manage
1: consensus with twenty seven countries? If you're a, a small country, let's say um, Azerbaijan, and you're voting on something. And its consensus,
0: like, you know, you could be a major thorn in the side of the process in the squeaky wheel. So even though BRICS looks like it's positioned to be um, the the Scud missile, the hypersonic missile to the U.S. dollar, there's some inherent issues here with BRICS. And I think the consensus model is probably one of them. With five countries, (laughs) consensus is um, doable. With uh, 27 countries,
1: consensus becomes, I think, less less flexible and less dynamic. Like you could really
0: throw a monkey wrench into the gears just because you want certain things. That your country is not getting, right? And with a lot of these countries, there is political instability, which we see in Niger, we're going to talk about, that all of a sudden you have a country that is, and this is, again, if, if you're Brazil, even though you had Bolsonaro and you kind of had like a version of nationalism for a while, now you're more kind of communistic, socialistic, communistic, uh, at the very least, right? Brazil has a consistent history of
1: electing corrupt scumbags like Lula. But some of these countries, they 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 could they could they could
0: flip their system overnight. And now, all of a sudden, you're dealing with somebody who is hell bent on, you know, making sure that that even though their country is small, they want to have the same stature as China or Brazil or Russia, right? So I think there's some inherent challenges here. You, you know, I would say for BRICS, more is not necessarily better. And, you know, I really don't care how much of a unified front some of these countries have. They're human. They are human, we think. And that that they they are um, liable and susceptible to
1: very human kinds of uh, needs, uh, temptations, right, power,
0: all the things that kind of go
1: along with
0: sort of the 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 best and the worst of our traits.
1: So, if indeed. BRICS is able to sustain their
0: momentum and let's say Brazil says okay that, you know comes to the party cuz they're going to carve something out. Right? This is what Brazil is doing. They're trying to carve something out so that these lesser countries are not going to usurp their position and I completely understand it if you're starting a company and you're bringing a bunch of finance and money to the company and you're going to have somebody who's a 1% partner and they're asking for an equal voting share, just like everybody else, that is not going to work. It can upset the balance of how things get done. right? So, but let's say they do and they carve out their position and they say, okay, um, we'll put this on the back burner and we all have to agree, and you have to come to the summit, and we'll vote to um, – we'll have a consensus vote to revisit this in a year. They'll just kick the can down the road. And Brazil will say, okay, we're good with that. So now they have the summit, right? And so what are they doing? They're going to announce that they're going to have a gold-backed global currency that will take on the dollar. And the dollar has already been downgraded this happened, I think, um, what the last week, two weeks. So now we're, I mean, we are clearly in a global theater of war and this is the economic part of it. And I've just been, um, again, I'm not a financial expert, but I I try to keep abreast of some of this stuff. And apparently they're starting to eradicate personal credit lines here in this country, right? Like normally you could go and, you know, get credit for an addition on your house or or your business. And they're starting to pull back on that. So this idea of personal expansion
1: and building and growing your business, the uh, the speed bumps are 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 being erected here. So what they're ultimately doing is limiting the, 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 both the purchasing
0: power and the borrowing power. If you don't have purchasing power and borrowing power in the middle class, you're fucked, right? You're, you're, you're totally fucked. So we're seeing that now they raise the prime by a quarter of a percent. What's that going to do? It's it's not going to be good for the real estate market. I can tell you that right now. You're going to have less property being bought and sold unless, of course, you're BlackRock uh, or Vanguard. And you don't. And what's interesting about this is I, I forget who it was, but it was somebody who was buying a house. I think it was a, a friend of a friend or a client. I forget who it was, but they got into a bidding war with BlackRock on a property. And basically, he basically said, I wasn't going to let BlackRock win. And even though BlackRock has unlimited resources, they have a number. Right? It wasn't like I remember one time I I, they used to pre-COVID here in Texas at
1: uh uh call it Goodwill, they would have auctions on Saturday night. And
0: you would go during the week and you would see the shit that they would want to auction off.
1: And I always thought it's like, come on, really? You're doing this. I wasn't a big fan, but if if you wanted if you wanted to um, see deplorables on parade, that was your that was your night,
0: Saturday night at at uh, at the Goodwill. So I had seen this uh, old school Vitamixer, like you know the one with the
1: the metal, uh, pitcher and the motor that will last longer than me. Um, I got to get that. I totally got to get that. And, um, I got into, I got, I got into a bidding war with this person and I, and I,
0: I swear, I think at some point he just wanted to raise it up. Um, I don't even think he wanted it, but I was like, and it was, it, and I bought it for a price. It was still cheaper than a brand new uh, Vitamixer, but it wasn't a whole lot cheaper, right? Like if I if I'd spent maybe a hundred dollars more, I could have got a brand new Vitamixer. I mean, that's that's the low, But I wanted it so bad that I wasn't going to let that fucker outbid me, right? So even that guy had a number in Blackrock. Even though they have these unlimited resources. They have a number, and they and, and they look at their spreadsheet and their model, and that's what they go by. They don't have any emotion invested in the things that they're purchasing. It's like THX 1138. It's all based on a number. And once the number exceeds the system's capacity to meet the number, the system will basically retreat from the number. And this is what happened. This guy got into a bidding war to BlackRock and he won
1: because BlackRock, again, had a number. Well, guess what? With less people on the market buying real estate,
0: BlackRock doesn't have to get into those bidding wars. They got their number and they'll get it, right? Because there's going to be less people who are able to do that and go toe-to-toe with them. So again, you know, what are we seeing here? We're seeing the uh, machinations and, you know, the switches and the levers that are being put in place. So there's less competition. There's less inventory. This is what's going to happen, right? People are going to look at their houses and say, well, shit, maybe we should keep our house. So there's going to be less inventory and the inventory that comes out there there's going to be less competition for the inventory. And of course, BlackRock likes that. Right. So that's another part of what's going on financially. And the other thing is unemployment. And this is the dirty secret right now.
1: I'm not going to mention any names, but I, I was privy to personal news
0: about somebody I know quite well. And this person has been imminently employable. For the entirety of the time that I've known them at a high level. Right. At a high level. And their expertise is in internet marketing and quite good at internet marketing. Understands numbers and metrics and language and gets people to click on something. Right. That's the that's the the key skill set.
1: This person has been unemployed for a while. Right. And I think they're, I think they're 50 now. And they can't find a job. Now, granted, this person happens to be a woman,
0: right? So that kind of meets a little bit of a criterion for uh ESG and uh, DEI or DIE, right? But maybe not quite enough. So now you have these young people that are coming out of college in their their mid, mid mid-20s. You have people, late 20s, early 30s that have have, uh, been in the same game, but they're younger. And um, they're much more likely to be
1: diverse. They're going to be ahead of that person. Um, I was was reading about Stanford. This is
0: a university. Stanford just had a huge wave of layoffs. People that have been at Stanford for 20 years, just, just the last couple of weeks, lost their jobs. Unemployment is like what you'll see with the unemployment numbers is not going to match or reflect the true state of employment in this country.
1: And this is, and
0: why is this all happening? It's all happening because AI is on its way, right? They're clearing the decks for AI. So what is it all? I mean, so we're headed, we are definitely headed into very choppy financial waters. And then you throw bricks on top of it, which if they get their shit together and Brazil comes to the party and they announced this new gold-backed global currency, it will send a ripple effect through the global economy, and ultimately it will hit the U.S., which is already kind of teetering here. I mean, if you look at ever since Biden got into office, what did he do? Shut down oil. Huge. Was huge.
1: The jobs that are connected to oil, Huge. You shut down the freaking Keystone Pipeline.
0: And if you're an environmentalist, you're you're, you're probably doing the river dance. But, you know, there are a lot of jobs involved in that. And that's not the only pipeline.
1: And more is coming, right? More is coming. Think about gas. Think about gas stoves.
0: They're going to go for it. They're going for gas. Natural gas. They don't want it. They want everything on the grid, right? Everything. And that's a whole sector of the economy. I'll tell you what else. Economically, I was reading a story about um, a guy who, guess what he did? He worked at a bottling plant.
1: And what were they bottling? Bud Light. Lost his job. And this is... What is this guy going to do, right? So,
0: the psychological vice grip and the economic trap—it was pretty, for me, it was pretty clear to see. Right, we're going to vote. We're going to vote with our conscience. And we're going to tell you that we don't
1: want this woke shit. And I said at the time, you're kind of playing into their hands, and it's really a no-win situation in a lot
0: of ways, right? Like. Okay, so Alyssa Heiderscheid loses her job. Is she
1: worth, say, 500 jobs that were collateral damage along the way? Was it a Pyrrhic victory? Oh, yeah, we stuck it to the fucking man, right? A lot of people
0: in a really tricky economy are downstream of that. And if, you know, I was a so-called globalist and wanted to destroy the American economy, I'd be Mr. Smithers, right? Oh, look look at this. They're playing right into our hands, right? And look, these people are not stupid. They may be a little naive, but they're not stupid. And if they're part of, you know, the, the, the global game, they win both ways. So you either buy their shitty beer and support their um, mentally ill spokesperson, um, support their absolutely bonkers uh, director of marketing, and the people downstream get to keep their jobs. So they say, oh, well, let's do more of this, and let's inundate the marketplace with more of this. Or you don't, and then the little guy who's the guy that actually bottles the beer and brings the beer to your store, loses his gig. It'd be nice if we were all um, self-sufficient and independent and interdependent. And maybe that guy can start his own little brewery or whatever. I mean, that's supposedly how the game works, right? I remember back when we went from a production economy to a service economy, all those people will be retrained. This is America at its finest. Capitalism is such a strong
1: uh, entity that you can't keep these people down. It'll create more jobs. I didn't see
0: that. I had it up close and personal view in my own life with my father when he lost his, his teamster job. He never kind of got back to that level of earning power that he had during that time. Got kind of close, but he didn't get there. He didn't run out and start a new business. He tried but not everybody can do it. Not everybody's successful. Not everybody has um, the, um,
1: the ability to do that, right? So I haven't even talked about Najir and what's going on there.
0: Let's, let, let me bring that into the conversation because that's a whole other level
1: of um, what we're dealing with. Let me find this story. Right here. So this is from RT. Why Niger is a new front in the modern Cold War? If you have been listening to
0: uh, Victoria Newland and the neocons, this is where the action is going to be now. Because they're probably going to move off Ukraine. Remember the Alinsky model. They can only stay with an action for so long. And at some point, people will no longer give a shit about Ukraine.
1: You saw Zelensky at the NATO summit. He was like the guy at the party that nobody wants to talk to. So let's get into this. The military
0: of the West African nation of Niger... Has deposed the government in a coup, setting the stage for a new confrontation with the West. Niger the has been in a similar situation. In most states in West Africa, with its former colonial overlord France, continuing to wield financial and military power over the country and interfering with the country's domestic affairs. Well, do we really know that? Remember, this is RT. Okay. And I, I, I've, in the past, I've liked Russia. Today, but now we have to look at this as through a very jaundiced lens in some ways. For that reason the coup has been popular with some protesters demanding France out and Russia in. Now if you go back and look at the the movement of decolonization in the 70s, Russia and China were front
1: and center with almost all those moves, all those quote-unquote revolutionaries. France Fanon uh uh Robert what's his name Mugabe right the, the, the Sergeant Doe they're all fucking communists. Mugabe was a trained communist. Steve Biko was kind of interesting. one of these days I'm going to do a show on Steve Biko um, but they were all being backed. By like look at look at what was happening in Angola.
0: You you basically had the Cubans at the behest of the Russians going into Angola because there was a civil war in Angola, and you had a group in Angola who was communist. And you had the CIA there with John Stockwell, amongst others, and you had South Africa who was trying to help keep the Angolans who didn't want to be communist. Free. and unfortunately the South Africans got their butts kicked um, by the Cubans and the Russians in Angola.
1: this has been going on for a long time. It's nothing new, okay? So let's let's keep going here.
0: Uh, for that reason, the coup has been popular with some protesters demanding France out Russia in in the new geopolitical environment we live in, African states now have increased political space. In options to expel Western influence. Niger, a landlocked, impoverished, and war-torn country, albeit a rich one in raw materials, is set to become a new frontier. In the era of American unipolarity, the states of Africa were exposed to the West. Poor, desperate, and unstable, many African nations were forced to rely on their former colonial overlords as well as the US for various forms of assistance. I've talked about how decolonization was a setup for failure. Right. It was a total setup for failure. These countries were not capable of self-rule. Sorry, wasn't going to happen. They throw in some, you know, power hungry, corrupt warlord. And instead of, instead of the countries coming in, what do you get? You, You get the NGOs, you get the corporations operating through the NGOs. And that's the way it's been in Africa for a long time. And don't think that the Africans have some culpability in this. They totally do. But I understand how they want to have some degree of independence. And I completely uh, support their independence. But what they'll do is they'll go into Russia and China, right, for the backing, which they've always done. They've always done this, Russia and China and North Korea have always been sort of the hidden hand. Like if you go to Rhodesia and, you know, Rhodesia was, was, uh, was fighting Mugabe. Right. And, and so what did you have there? You had Russia and China
1: backing these revolutionary forces in Rhodesia. They're, they've always been there. It's nothing new, right? Nothing new.
0: The world has changed, though. The war on terror context is over. Instead, we now live in a geopolitical environment dictated by sharp competition between powerful countries, primarily the U.S. and its allies against rivals such as China and Russia. The environment means that African states now have other options to choose from for assistance, which allows them to maximize their own political autonomy in space rather than fulfilling the ideological conditions of another. For example, African states reportedly increasingly use the Wagner Group. For security rather than Western assistance. While China's Belt and Road Initiative also means Africa states can no longer be exploited by organizations such as the IMF. Well, that's a really
1: rosy little picture there,
0: right? If you but but if you
1: if you follow China's um, incursion into Africa in terms of resources, and you go into a place like the Congo
0: where China is clearly running these mining operations, um, to get the Coltan, you know, the rare, the rare earth minerals, um, out of the earth, who are they employing? They're employing kids, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. And trust me, the Chinese are when it comes to uh, the workforce, they are not benevolent at all. John Kerry was recently, uh, in Washington, having to answer a lot of questions. And one of the questions that was being, uh, or a series of questions was being asked to Kerry, and this is from somebody who is clearly, I forget the name of who the, uh, uh, was, was it Congress? I forget the name of who the person was. So it was Congress, somebody in the Congress, I believe. Questioning Kerry and
1: knew the score in the human rights stuff, horrible absolutely horrible and was telling Kerry, look, you're basically giving this
0: country, China, which has until 2040 to supposedly get to a carbon neutral status, 10 years longer. China isn't doing shit with the Kyoto and Paris Accords. They don't have to. China and India are being given a free pass. Whereas the United States, keep, just keep this in mind, the United States is being to, held to the same
1: standard as a country like Pakistan. Same standard. Same standard as a country like um, Bangladesh. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're in the same pocket. And we don't even really produce anything anymore. That's all in China. Right? So there's that, and we all know that China from a human rights perspective. I mean look, let's be let's be fair. And any quote unquote superpower. We're just not great on human rights, period. I can't think of any country that's been super enlightened around human rights when it comes to,
0: I think maybe in this country, we have given human rights perhaps too much of a leeway. Like Maybe we should have less human rights um, in the United States, but that's a different discussion. But But clearly China is engaged in incredibly deep exploitation. So to think that oh, well, you know, the, these are kind of the enlightened masters from the East and they're going to just treat everybody
1: so much better. And that's not really true. Okay, so let's let's be clear about that. And there are,
0: on the record, massive human rights violations when it comes to extracting these resources in Africa. So I know RT, w- which is... And I, I'm, not, I'm not Russia evil. I'm not a Russia evil kind of guy. I'm also not Russia is the hope of the West kind of guy either. But it, it, to paint that picture and say, oh, well, they have these nice alternatives. Maybe Russia may be a bit of a better alternative than China. I, d- I don't know how well they're going to treat
1: these other countries. But I do know that um, clearly. They have been um, burdened with exploitation from without and from within. Let's be clear, right? Like you go back
0: into the history of so-called slavery, you know, there there were some very well-paid slave traders inside of Africa. So there's there's a historical context
1: here, right? So it's not everything gets tied up in a nice, neat bow. That said,
0: uh, could technology be a bit of a game changer for some of these smaller countries? Sure, absolutely, 100%. But then who's giving them the technology? What does the technology do? And then how do they use it moving forward? I always felt like with the right um, crypto system, some of these smaller countries could figure out a way to kind of maximize their own resources by tying them to um,
1: a a, um, state-sponsored cryptocurrency. But that's a whole other discussion. Okay. All right. Um, Why don't we wrap it
0: up? I got to get out of here today. So I just wanted to kind of give you a sense of what's happening, you know, to the best of my ability. Big picture bricks, the upcoming summit, This idea that they have a consensus model, Brazil dragging their heels, Africa as being the new front. And that's the other piece that I wanted to complete the circuit with, is if that's true, and we know Russia's the boogeyman, right? Then they'll just move the front to Africa, and it will be the place to the new Cold War. And this is what the neocons absolutely love right? They just love their eternal war, their endless war. Anyway, um, that's it for today. We'll be back tomorrow uh, over on the Farcast side of things. Uh, yes, TBD. And uh, until then, check out our friend Chris at TrueM Science. And that's TrueMScience.com, sponsor of the show. Spend $100 or more. Type in 1-5-M-I-N-S- which is the name of the show, 15 Minutes or 15 Minutes. And um, you'll get free product in your order. Trust me, you'll like it. $150 or more free shipping. And finally, what do you get? Money back guarantee.
1: Uh, What else? Oh, so let me bring this up here. Show you guys. Let me show you. Come on now. Here we go. Let me play you guys the trailer. This is the new show, breaking on August 14th serious
0: sports my buddy Owl dog there you go. so go on over there and um sign up and subscribe we can we'd love to hit the ground running with as many subscribers as possible uh, once a week, and we're going to get into sports and astrology and esoterica, arcana, dark politics, lifestyle, all connected to sports. Mm-hmm. One of the things we're going to talk about is gambling and sports, um, and that's just one of many things, right? So if you want to have a different slice of the culture, go check it out, Serious sports. That's S-I-R-A-U-S over on YouTube. And um, hit the subscribe button. Hope to see you there. All right, take good care. Have a great day.
1: Use your head in order to sort what's real, to your heart, two-step, once possible. I'm Robert Phoenix, and bye for now. and you can see the swelling there and this is not a
0: happy camp right like i don't know what he's doing but couldn't he have just waited another week
1: did he did he have to go out and play golf was this some kind of therapy um
0: did he did he have to go out with somebody is some part of some deal i mean if you think about it And I know Obama's got a shit ton of money anyway,
1: but there are people who would pay to play golf with Barack Obama. Seriously. They would pay
0: to play with him. Number one, celebrity is the ex-president. Number two, to curry favor. Whatever you think of him and his current position,
1: Obama is still incredibly powerful. And to get a one-on-one audience with him on the
0: golf course, for some people it'd be worth, I don't know, $100,000, $200,000. If the investment and the payoff could be in the millions, that's a small, that's a small investment to make.
1: So maybe this was something that he had to do, right? Maybe this was a paid engagement and he couldn't, not do it. Right. Like the money is probably already in the bank. And once it's in the bank, it's hard to give it back. That's my, that's my thought. I mean, so it's either arrogance
0: and some form of trying to forget what happened, or this was a golf date that had already been planned and he couldn't get out of it. And I would say that it's probably financial, Or maybe he owed somebody
1: a favor one of the two that's my that's my thought something happened here so now we add it up right we add up the fact that they said they weren't there but then they were
0: his body was 100 feet away from the shore eight feet under come on supposedly there were people on paddle boards there supposedly people went over to see if he was okay right? That doesn't add up either. Like that does not add up. If somebody was there
1: and who, and, and he wasn't okay, then what happened? Then what happened? Did they just decide that they were going to put him on the paddleboard and drop him off? I mean, there's all
0: sorts of really weird, high, strange speculation.
1: Now the other Piece is that somebody was supposed to have been on the paddleboard with him. So none of this adds up.
0: The 911 call, we looked at this on the Sunday night show with the log. There's no number associated with that call. And supposedly that call was made two miles outside of
1: the um, Obama mansion, two miles away. No name, no number associated with it. Who did that? Who made that call? And then the other piece was that
0: they wanted him to be uh, given an autopsy by the D.C. police. Well, of course, you have Muriel Bowser, who's the mayor of D.C., right? Who I think is probably very much an Obama ally and could, you know, run their own kind of coroner operation, just like the Clintons did out of Alabama, out of Arkansas with their absolutely corrupt coroner. So there's all kinds of, again, really weird shit and questions that have not been answered. And nobody on the mainstream media is covering
1: this. They're just going to kind of go, oh, how unfortunate, right? But what's happened since then? Well, guess what? Devin Archer Sang like a canary. He sang like a canary. You know, I I keep looking for the little bluebird on Twitter, and I have to remember that it's a fucking X now. Uh, Let's see. Right here. Right here. So Devin Archer testified yesterday. They were gonna arrest him. He's already in fucking prison. Devin Archer's provided the last piece of the puzzle. The Republican House is from Vernon Jones. I guess
0: he's running for governor of uh, Georgia. The Republican House must not worry about the Senate not doing the right thing in convicting President Biden, nor should the House GOP be concerned about the injustice of the Justice Department, the lack of the investigation by the FBI, or the 2024 election results do the right thing. Proceed with the impeachment inquiry. So he's in trouble. Right, he is in trouble. Devin Archer basically
1: said that the big guy is Joe Biden. He's a, he was in on calls. They were there doing government business. He was vice president of the United States. Corruption. This is from Miranda
0: Devine. I guess she's from, what, the New York Post? Uh, the DOJ is trying to arrest Devin Archer just ahead of the bombshell testimony Monday about Joe Biden's involvement in his son Hunter's Ukraine business when he was VP, U.S. Attorney in the Southern District of New York. Damien Williams issued a menacing letter yesterday telling Judge Abrams to order Archer to go to jail immediately to serve a one-year sentence for his fraud conviction.
1: Didn't happen. He testified. He testified. This is from July 30th. Oh, look, they're golfing. Hunter Biden. This is from um, 23rd
0: of July. Put then-VP Dad Joe on the phone with business associates
1: at least two dozen times. Ex-partner Devin Archer to testify. He did. He did. They tried to, they tried to jail him up. Got it. He got it out. God, the Southern district of New York is so fucking corrupt. That's this thing is significant,
0: right? So that's, this happened, but keep in mind now, this happened in the vacuum or, or or I'll call it a vacuum of the event at the Obamas. I think Obama is compromised. Like I think I think he can do things, but something something significant has happened here. And as much as he's been radioactive at times, maybe in the past, um, I feel like like, this is super kryptonite. This isn't just your regular standard issue. Crypt. This is super kryptonite. So you've got that. That happened. Um, Again, just days afterwards, the judge basically, said, and this is interesting in terms of the timing. <laughs> they knew that this stuff with Devin Archer was going to come out. And so Hunter Biden's team said, well, the plea deal is blanket immunity, right? like, like we'll testify and we'll plead guilty as long as we get blanket immunity for anything, including this. And it was denied that's on the heels of the whole Obama event. So that's two major
1: strikes against Hunter Biden. And you have to wonder if that would have happened if Obama
0: had not been compromised on some level, I, you may think, well, they don't give a shit. They don't care about Biden. They'll just get Harrison there. I don't really fully agree with that.
1: Then this came out as well, that Ashley Biden finally admitted to the fact that that indeed was her diary, that that was her.
0: And it, it's weird, right? Because the Ashley Biden diary was considered to be stolen. And Project Veritas got a hold of it. And then you have the Hunter Biden laptop, which was left at the, uh, more than one, left, left at the laptop repair. What is it with the Biden kids leaving shit behind? It's kind of like they have an unconscious desire to be found out. You know, sometimes people do things unconsciously or subconsciously. And they want their absolute worst fears and worst nightmares exposed. So now it's been, now it's official. Yeah, that's her, that's her diary. Because there was, there was a period where it was denied, 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 even though she wanted it back. And supposedly the people that stole it, which I guess was part of the uh, Project
1: Veritas team. I don't think they stole it. They acquired it, which is different. So you start to add these things up. And these, like, I'm telling you,
0: the wall is going to come down here. And, and I'm not saying that it is a panacea for deliverance. I mean, just like when the Berlin wall came down, it led to other things that became much more problematic in some ways. Like this was its own problem. But once the wall came down, the EU moved forward. And look at, look at what's happened. So just keep this in mind, right? Because these things are happening and the, Biden is taken on water in a big way,
1: but then what happens as a result of it, be careful what you wish for now. And I'm not saying that that won't turn out high, strange, and weird because more than likely due to the times when it will, But um, in a time where there's unintended
0: consequences, those unintended consequences, I think, can be uh, equally as strange and damaging as the ones that are intended. All right. I wouldn't call it hopium. It's not hopium. I'm just seeing, like, what's going on. And then we're kind of looking into how this thing has unfolded and will continue to unfold in what I would call a very compromised situation at the white house, because the global brain has been compromised. And uh, we'll just keep finding out here on this, on this Aquarian full moon and uh, who knows what else will be exposed. All right. Thanks for being here. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of 15 minutes of flame. Uh, True him science. I got to mention our sponsor, some of the best hemp products that you can get and use for your body. Go to truehemscience.com. type in 15 minutes. It's one five M I N S when you buy a hundred dollars a product or more, and you'll get free product. Mm-hmm. Think about that $150 gives you free shipping, and there's always a 30 day money back guarantee. Truehempscience.com, the one and only sponsor of this show. All right, we'll be back tomorrow the special guest you see i didn't tell you who the guest is i know who the guest is and you'll find out tomorrow and we're going to break down rfk on jimmy Dore. it will be fun all right use your head in order to discern what's real your heart 2 set what's possible i'm robert phoenix
1: and uh take good care chatari you're the best bye